Welcome to On the Bobble Podcast Episode 10. I'm your host, Sabasa J. Ueda, and with me is my co-host, Yukili Bender. Today we'll be reviewing Michael Feng's Day 1 draft at U.S. Nationals that happened this weekend. But before we go into that, how was your week, Yuki? My week's been pretty good. I've actually just been taking mostly a break from Flesh and Blood. I had um, I went to one CC Armory. I think we had about four people. People were pretty tired from Nationals. It was on the Wednesday right after Nationals. Um, but other than that, I've just been relaxing, trying to catch up on sleep, catch up on work. We kind of have like a bit of a lull right now before um, Worlds in November. So just been having an opportunity to just like do other stuff. Um, but it's been nice. It's been nice being able to relax. Uh, how about you, Jay? Yeah, I haven't played much Flesh and Blood since Nets either. Um, just catching up on work as well. I've been I've been looking at like which deck's been winning and like looking at maybe uh, new cards I want to try out for uh, CC. I've been looking right now at um, Embolden in Oldham, and maybe that might be playable, but maybe that's too cute. We'll see. <laughs> if I end up playing it in Worlds, then. I'm gonna. Honestly, I was gonna play Icelander until, until I saw Embolden, and then I saw Embolden. And I'm just like, wait, this card does plus five damage for one resource. <laughs> this card's pretty pretty broken. <laughs> yeah, I saw some people talking about the Embolden tech as a sideboard card for Icelander, since the um the, the so for the any of the listeners who might not be aware, the the Frost hexes are auras, and you put them under your opponent's control, so. If you're playing into Icelander and they're trying to frost text you, um, you just always have an aura for Embolden once they've played their first one. So um, pretty interesting tech card. And yeah, just some pretty cool innovations. Like I was watching um, US Nationals, which was really cool. And I've watched a little bit in New Zealand, still have more to go through there. But just cool seeing people's decks like Michael Fang had, or sorry, not Michael Fang, other Michael, Michael Hamilton had, um, you know, like the congrats to him for winning and then he had like wounded bull and findles fighting spirit he's just like playing these like what most people consider like draft 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 in his deck but it made total sense and it was really cool to see it in action yeah those cards just have really good rate like you two cards for essentially eight points of damage or life swing it's pretty good it's pretty good okay uh did you want to just get straight into michael feng's draft yeah, why don't we drive, dive right on in. So for our main topic today, we just want to go ahead and review uh, Michael Fang's day one draft from U.S. Nationals This just this previous weekend. Pretty interesting draft. Uh, unfortunately, there was only the one draft that was aired. I don't know if they just chose not to cover it or they didn't have time for it uh, in day two. But I heard that there was coverage for the second draft somewhere. Um, I can't find it on the scg stream so maybe they had some technical difficulties yeah yeah it's hard to know or it might have just not fit into the like however they had the schedule set up um, i know they were doing a lot of like covering both matches sometimes they only cover one of the two matches and they don't get to the backup match but it seemed like they were trying to cover both of them in the later round so that might have been part of why mm. anyways um we can jump right on in here Oh, before we start, actually. Yeah, if you guys are wondering where you can find Michael Feng's uh, draft coverage, it is on Star City Games Twitch uh, VODs. I think it starts at 4 hours and 34 minutes in the day one portion. Yeah, that's a great point. So if you um, if you are wanting to kind of follow along visually, you can get there, and we'll we'll let you know which pack we're on. So we might we might pause here and there to um, 
to kind of talk through some of the picks and give ourselves a little bit more time. But we'll we'll mention when we go to the next packs that you'll be able to, if you do want to follow along visually, you, you, you can do that. Let's dive on into it. So he kind of pauses, pulling forward a flame scale furnace, which we've talked about. The equipment that blocks a lot is just outrageous and fitting in two of three decks is just, I don't know if there's a better pack one pick one i guess crown of providence is better <laughs> yeah it's it's crown of providence or flame scale furnace it's flame scale furnace i think is a little bit better because it blocks for three uh than crown but you'll never have to pick between those two cards so it, i don't think it matters which one you have uh just another note is that um the m in this uh, pack there's also an m it's uh what is it called out of no th- that all you got yeah, and I do like what Michael's doing in this pack. So he actually takes his time a little bit, and it's hard to tell exactly what he's thinking because he's not really moving the cards around so much, but you do notice that he's sorted the cards uh, by class, and I think he's just trying to note what cards were in the pack, what people he's passing to might be incentivized to go into, um, and just trying to maybe remember what wheels as well. So even though sometimes you have like a very obvious pack one pick one, like this is about as obvious as it gets, thinking about that pack and still absorbing it is important. Okay, moving into pack two. Pulls forward an Ember Maw, Senapai, so probably just looking for like Fi or Dromai cards. Um, looks like there's also a Findles, a yellow Findles Fighting Spirit in the pack. Yeah, brand with Cinderclaw, Soaring Strike, but they look like, I don't think they're reds. No, I think all the class cards are yellows. Yeah, it looks like just the Fendles is like the clear best card in the pack. And then they're just like still a bunch of Fi cards, a bunch of Dromai cards. So no real clear signal what's been taken here. Yeah, he's kind of flipping through them fast. I can't quite determine what's missing. I think it might be just like one of the generic slash talent cards in the front, it looked like. Um, the class cards were pretty weak, so I like the Fendles pick there. Just super yeah. solid. I'm going to pack three now. So once again, just kind of sorting the pack. He has a rake the embers and a dust up. Uh, it's a blue dust up, and I think it's a blue rake as well. It's a blue brand. Looks like the card that's missing is a Fi card from this pack. Um, the rare there's a rare Fi card in the back, but that doesn't count towards the two class cards that uh, each hero gets. Um, and both the draw boy cards are still there, so. Yeah, so at this point, he can pretty much determine that Fi is being cut, and Dromai so far appears to be open, although they're pretty weak Dromai cards. Looks like he's eyeing the burn away a little bit as well, um, but ultimately settling for the blue dust-up, which I think I like. Just the block three is really, really solid, and sometimes like in the mirror, you can trade it in for an Ashwing. Like, even if they don't block it, like it just it's almost like a four-point swing if they don't block it for two because you do two you get an ash wing for next turn well maybe it's a three point swing if they kill it but still it's like it's quite good yeah i think it's very good too one thing to know here is michael completely ignored the icelander cards in the first two packs here the that's just because the furnace there's almost no reason to get off of furnace at this point i think he recognizes that he needs to be in fi or dromite and that's just gonna give him obviously not to strand his first pick but there's almost no reason to strand his first pick at this point Unless he gets massively cut on Dromai and Fi, and you can clearly see, like, you know, pick five, pick six, pick seven, like, clear broken Icelander cards. That's probably the only time you can actually move out of Furnace, but even then, it still might be wrong to just... It still might be wrong to go into Icelander and still force Fi or Dromai might be even better. 
Yeah, you're definitely pretty committed. I could see the only way I could really see it is if um, like maybe in this pack, his the, there was a Dromai card missing and then, you know, Dromai is quite contested. And then you also just see like after That's a couple of packs, you start to see <laughs> no Fi cards or like very poor, like very cut on Fi cards, low density and low quality. And then you ask something like a Spellfire Cloak, like maybe that's your cue to pivot. But um, there's not many pack one pick ones I would force for. But this one, especially because it goes into two decks, is just you're just so incentivized to go into one of those two decks. It's hard to imagine the Icelander deck being that much better. But yeah. All right, next pack. So once again, just sorting the pack, trying to figure out what's missing. There's a yellow rake, another blue dust up, quite a few Icelander cards. There's like an Aether Ice Vein there. And it looks like Phi is pretty dried up. I, there are Phi cards, one, two of them, I, I guess, but they're both blue. Yeah. yeah. It's like a blue Rebellious Rush. So he, has a, he decides to take the yellow rake. Honestly, it's a pretty weak pack. He's kind of still looking through. He notices like the blue brand, but really like these are not premium picks um i don't mind the yellow rake though it's decent into icelander and it can be a role player it's yeah uh, of the cards that was in Fi and dromai in that pack looks like all of them were pretty weak so it doesn't look like he had much of a choice to pick the yellow rake to note here the icelander cards in the pack were pretty strong but as i said michael's not going to be looking for these icelander cards because he has the furnace yeah, I think the other thing to note here from Michael's perspective is that even if these aren't Dromai cards that you're excited about, there's still two Dromai commons in the pack, which means very likely nobody's taken. I guess you don't know exactly what the 223 is at this point. There's too many cards missing, but mm -hmm. usually it skews towards three Icelander, and well, I think there's been multiple pack packs with two Dromai. I think in that pack that he just passed, there was three Dromai cards. So there was yeah. no Dromai commons picked. Oh, there's three. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, from his perspective, like sometimes this can be a good spot to move in, especially if you're not seeing power level. If you know that a class is not being picked, just picking cards for it and making it so that other people really don't want to go into it because they're like, Dromai's cut and there's only bad cards um, can sometimes let you be like one of two or maybe even the only Dromai, even if it's a weak pack. We kind of saw this with like Matt Rogers strategy. It's very hard, yeah. It's just very hard for him to move off of that. And um, yeah, what, what, what do you think? So I have a question for you, Jay. Let's suppose that in this pack, very similar card quality, like he still has maybe the yellow rake in there, but there is a Dromai common missing. Would you be incentivized at that point to speculate on the Aether Ice thing, do you think? Or would you still go for the yellow rake there? Uh, I would still go for the yellow rake there, um, just because staying in the furnace lane is very strong in flesh and blood a lot of the cards do have very similar rate obviously there are some premium cards that have higher rate than higher rate than others but almost every card in flesh and blood blocks for two or three and when they on offense they can attack for three or four or two and a half in that range so no matter what cards you're picking, your cards will have some kind of base rate that you can go for, go off of. And when you have a furnace that is giving you three extra points of health, that could go that could turn a game into something that was going to be very close and your card quality is going to uh, matter where now be even those bad cards can get made up with the furnace being so strong and gaining three extra life. Hmm. Yeah, that's 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 fair. I do think the furnace is a huge consideration here. 
I'm not sure what I would do. There's something to be said about cutting Dromai completely, because by doing that, he kind of makes it so that other people have to move off of it. Like if you just pass them no Dromai cards, then even if you're like the second Dromai and you don't have the best spot, maybe just if you can force the table to only have two Dromais and you get the furnace, like maybe that's still fine. So so yeah, I can totally see that. Um, for me, it's pretty close. I, I might consider speculating, but I agree that maybe the furnace is uh, because of the furnace that you would go for a rake, even if Dromai was out there. But all right, next pack. There's a yellow sweeping blows and a blue skittering sands and a sand cover, it looks like. Yeah, so no Dromai cards have been picked yet. Yeah, so once again, three Dromai cards, which is like, you gotta feel pretty good if you're Michael Fang. There's a, a red critical strike, it looks like, as well. Compared to the three Dromai cards in the pack, the critical strike is just has the best rate of all the cards in the pack. And it looks like he is going to pick the critical strike here. Yeah, and um, something I do want to mention, too, is that because there's three Dromai cards in that pack, there's really no argument to signaling. Like, I know that sometimes people go, oh, maybe I should send a signal, but... If you're sending two Dromai cards, that could just be that there's two Dromai cards and you've already been cutting Dromai cards. So I agree that you should definitely always be taking the red critical strike here. Like you've already sent the signal. It's getting honestly a little late in the pack to send signals. People often don't pivot past like pick four or five. And you're not really sending a signal because they're still getting two Dromai cards. So so yeah, I totally agree with the critical strike. But I just wanted to point that out because I know sometimes people get like really hung up on sending signals when it's not always correct. Yeah, one more thing I just want to add was uh, when you do send signals, it's not worth making your deck worse to send signals. Like in this case, that all the cards he could have picked to try and send a signal was going to be significantly worse than Critical Strike. So in this case, for lots of different reasons, like him being a little bit short on reds, like the power level of all the cards he's picked so far is a little bit low as well. So just he needs to make sure that his deck is not falling too, too behind just to play the Furnace. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I tend to agree. I think of like sending signals almost as like the tiebreaker. Like if there's two cards that are very, very close and I can't really, like I'm not sure which one's better, but one of them sends a better signal, then I'll use that as a tiebreaker. But I agree that I'm not willing to take like hits and power level just to send signals. Okay, let's move on to pack six. So there's a Silken Form right away. Yeah, that just pops up. That's probably the pick here. I don't think there's any card that can beat Silken Form. Yeah, there's Blue Dunebreaker Senapai. I think it's another Sand Cover. Not fantastic. I think it's a Foil Sand Cover, it looks like. So one draw my card has been taken, but this is pretty late. This is almost the wheel. So yeah, he just picks up the, the Silken Form. Next pack, there's a Blue Rake, is it? Yeah, Blue Rake, Yellow, Brother in Arms is the two cards playable, but there definitely is missing a Dromai card here. So there must be some other Dromai drafter in the table. I mean, if you're Michael, even though this is not great, you still got to be feeling okay because it's so late into the pack that the Dromai is likely far away from you unless they switched late, but they're they're probably far away from you. Is what yeah, they're at least a couple of seats away. Uh, and then he does end up picking the Yellow Brother in Arms here. So he does have a bunch of generics right now. Uh, haven't been really signaling to the table that there he is a Dromai player, um, but I think that's okay given how the power level of the Dromai cards he's been passed early is quite low, uh, and then he's been picking up the generics that are just stronger in his deck overall. Yep, um, exactly. So next pack, we have a yellow dust-up, 
a draconic card is it a rise up it looks like and a rise burn up away? and burn away yeah i think in this pack yeah so yet again there's a draw my card missing so someone is trying to signal that there is another draw my player on this table that's not michael feng so there's at least two draw my players we already know this now michael feng and one more yeah but but again um that's not a deal breaker, especially considering it's so late in the pack and he's already pretty cemented here. It's interesting because with his generic start, I think he could maybe pivot to Phi here if Phi happened to be open, but he's been just seeing a lot of Phi blues and Phi, card, Phi cards have been missing since very early, so I don't think he's very incentivized to do it, but mm -hmm. if the packs broke differently, he could potentially wind up in five with the way he's been navigating. Yeah, and just another note is that the blues that he's been getting past are the non-premium uh, five blues, which are the two blocks. Uh, looks like the three block blues are been has been taken and all the reds has been taken. So it's clearly there is a couple or at least a five drafter to his left, either one seat or two seats to his left, uh, to his right, sorry, to his right side. Yeah, and we know that because of the very early Phi common missing. I think it was pack two and then Phi continuing to be cut. So yeah, between those data points, like you can kind of put together a story of like, okay, they picked Phi and then Phi is continuing to be cut, so they probably kept drafting Phi. Um, all right, next pack. Looks like a red strategic planning. <laughs> looks like at this point, uh, Michael Fegg looking at three Icelander cards and it uh, <laughs> looks like he's in a little bit of agony just being like, oh, wow, there's three playable Icelander cards still in this pack with seven cards left. Yeah, and notably, there's no Dromai cards here, which is a bit surprising considering the early packs had no Dromai commons missing. And there's not much that Michael could have done about this in this seat because he's kind of already at least committed to not Icelander at this point. Like, he definitely can't go Icelander at this point. It's way too late. And um, because people have been passing those early Dromai cards, it, he's kind of moved into it. So right now, I'm thinking there could be three Dromais at this table, actually, with, with two Dromai commons missing from this pack, um, which is not ideal. But um, sometimes what happens, and, and maybe some of the value of, like, cutting an early card to send a signal. Um, so something to think mm -hmm. about. It, I think from looking at this pack... I think the player two to his left has looks like he they tried to force draw my pack one pick one. I think that's what that's the result of what this what this pack looks like. Because um, unless there's like two draw my players sitting right next to each other, unless a player pack one pick one and draw my card, the packs don't tend to look like this with three missing draw my cards. Unless obviously it's like a red senpai and a, and a second red senpai or something like that. But um, yeah, from what it looks like to me, it looks like someone's trying to force people off a of Dromai, and that's why it looks like this. The cards that are available here is the blue um, the blue Scar for a Scar, which is not great in Dromai, and a red Strategic Planning, which I actually think is a reasonable pick. It's just a red go again. Um, it doesn't block, but it can be OK in the fatigue situations, like getting back a um, like a Senapai or something in the mirror can be relevant. So it's not a great card, but I think it's the best of the bunch. Mm -hmm. I think I agree with that. And it's also a red pitch. And it looks like that's what he picks. And he's pretty light on red at this point too. So next pack, there's a Stoke the Flames. The Quelling Robe comes back, but he obviously doesn't need that. And there's, yeah, some mediocre Icelander cards, Yellow Healing Bomb. So pretty easy Stoke the Flames. Not a bad pickup, honestly. Oh, I didn't even realize that there was, um, what is this, uh... 
sorry, in the next pack, there's the Tome of Firebrand. Is that what it's called? Yeah, there is a Tome, which I think later we see one of the Fies with. So somebody has picked that up. Um, but what do you think about this card in Dromai? I don't think this card is that great in Dromai. It's very, very hard to play. Um, it is a red, pi red, red pitch. So if you do, for some reason, need a red pitch, this card does block, right? I'm not exactly it sure. It does not. It does not block. Uh, never mind. I don't think I'll ever play this card then. Yeah. If it yeah. doesn't block, it just has very little use case. And like, you need to be able to like play red, rake the embers, and have an ash already on the board to be able to actually play this card, really. And that's just not a situation that can happen often enough. Um, it's going to be a liability on deck, like, more than not. Yeah, usually if you're attacking with four chain links, that probably means you have like a red go again and three dragons. You're even if those are ash wings, you're probably doing pretty good. And this card's like a little bit win more. And then all the other situations, the card's a huge liability. So I, I agree. I'd rather have a Phoenix Swing than this card, probably, honestly. <laughs> it turns on your dragons and it's just way more playable. Um there's a red healing bomb, which is okay. You can play it against Icelander. I, I don't think he's happy right now. Yeah, the other two cards is a Icelander card, so you can't pick those anyways. Okay, yeah. moving on to the next pack. Looks like Blue Skittering Sands, Critical Strike, and uh, Icelander card. Read the Ripples, and he just takes the Blue Critical Strike. Um, pretty straightforward, three block over the two block. Skittering Sands is not a card that I love. Um, the blue and yellow is just like, they block two. And then the red not only blocks two and needs an Ash, but also just is really bad against Icelander because they can just ping your dragon anyways and you've like spent a whole card. Um, so yeah, not a huge fan of that card. Fair enough. So we're down to the nitty gritty here. Two cards left in pack, blue Skittering Sands and a Lava Vein Loyalty, and he just takes the Skittering Sands. Sure, why not? We don't actually get to see his last card. I don't know what it is. Yeah, he just kind of pops it down, um, doesn't even look at it. So we're looking at the review now. Um, looks like, oh, it looks like it was an Icelander card at the very end for his last card that he picked up. The deck breakdown looks pretty good, honestly. He has a, like a good density of blues, some yellows that hopefully there were reds or blues, but they're fine. And I think two or three reds uh, in this pack. So like, just like a general framework, he's pretty open to like pick up whatever powerful cards he needs now. And he set himself up pretty well for pack two. Um, I think I like the way that this draft is going. Yeah, he hasn't seen a lot of power level. Honestly, the packs weren't... Even the, even when you were looking at the Icelander cards, like the packs didn't seem super powerful. So I think it was just like a weaker power level draft, and hopefully he'll get some power level. But just having like a solid mix of blues, yellows, and reds that are kind of playable is, is not bad. Um, what are you looking for, hoping for pack two? and uh, Let's say pack two, going into pack two. Uh, going to pack two, I'm definitely looking for like red miraging and like more sweeping blows. I think those are the cards that uh, Michael Fang's going to be mean, needing. Do you mean billowing mirage? Billowing mirage, yes. Yeah. What did I say? Miraging. I think you're thinking of miraging metamorph from Classic Constructed. Miraging. Ah, I see. Yes, yes. yes. Um, yeah. uh, bellowing mirage. Bellowing mirage and sweeping blows. The uh, one cost for three go again at red. I think exactly the red ones is what you're trying to pick up here. Honestly, more three blocks. I think the more three blocks he has in his deck, the better the furnace gets. And to be able to beat Icelander, you're really looking for Stellados here. Yeah. 
I tend to agree. So red go against maybe some dragons to grind out a game um, or Ashwing generation. Some kind of like win condition or or centipies would also work, but he kind of wants something to close the game. And I feel like usually that's either dragons slash Ashwings or centipies. So he kind of needs like some punch to his deck, but he's not in a bad spot. Um, so going into the next pack, um, hopefully he'll get something good. There's an inflame, quelling slippers, a dragon. It's hard to tell what it is because it's a checklist card. There's a yellow sweeping blows, a sand cover. Honestly, aside from the dragon, not great. It may be a Uvia. I did watch uh, some of Michael Feng's game, or the one game that he was on feature match. And uh, I think he had an Uvia on board at one point, And I think that's what this card might be. There, There is a breaking point too, which is an okay card, but you're really not hoping to p- pick that pick one as a draw my player so the, the the dragon's pretty nice pickup for him honestly it's just a red go again even if it's a less premium one it's not bad yeah so moving on to the second pick of pack two he's just sorting through the pack he pulls forward stilettos and i think it's a red sweeping blows yeah i think it is a red sweeping blows and red uh red skittering sense too i think and a sand cover so another three draw my card pack he's noticing that there's a Blue Rising Resentment. I know that he likes his five blues, so maybe have, feeling like, ah, maybe I should have been five, but there's no way to know. Ultimately, it looks like he settles for the Stilettos here. Um, it's an interesting pick. I think it's quite close. I do like picking up the equipment, and I think maybe because there's the Skittering Sands and the Sweeping Blows, if you think there's only two, maybe you can wheel one, but... Yeah, I think it's pretty reasonable to take the the stilettos here just to have a really solid Icelander matchup and round out the equipment. I think, at least this is this is what I think. Um, I'm always picking stilettos here. Um, I can't, or if I actually want to try and three o this draft pod, I think you're gonna be playing at least an Icelander, and you can't beat an Icelander without the stilettos. At least looking at this the current deck that Michael Feng has. And I think picking up the Stilettos essentially guarantees you not a win, but at least a really good fighting chance against the Icelander. And the Sweeping Blow and the uh, Skittering Sands both don't do that. They just make your deck overall better. And it doesn't actually give you a game plan against either Fi or Droma. Uh, sorry, against any three of the heroes. It just makes your deck slightly better. But the Stilettos is exactly the card you need to have a good fighting chance against Icelander, actually to the point where I think like the way that his deck's looking right now, if he picks up the Stilettos, the Icelander matchup should be not a buy, but definitely a good matchup for him. So now he has a Furnace for the Dromai Mir and the Fi matchup, and now he has Stilettos for the Icelander matchup. Now he just needs to be able to pick up cards that are okay in Dromai, and then he's going to be pretty set up to like try and 3-0 this pod. Okay. Okay, going on to the next pack here, it looks like there is a red flex, some Dromai commons. It's like a yellow sand cover, a lot of sand covers in this job. Another blue rake, a breaking point, a lot of not great cards, but I do quite like flex. It can be a popper and just a four for zero, so you can like block with three cards and attack for four is pretty strong. So flex is a decent pickup, and it also means you don't have to play against a popper, even if it is maybe the weakest popper defensively. Yeah, I think this pick is pretty close between breaking point and flex, but I think flex is definitely better. Moving on to the next pack, 
We're looking at a foil sweeping blows red. There's two of them, actually. There's a foil and a non-foil. And a blue billowing, it looks like. Hmm. He also red pulls Oasis. up the red Oasis. Uh, as we said earlier in the when we were pack reviewing, he does need sweeping blows, or the red versions of these cards. So I'm pretty sure he's going to pick up a sweeping blow. Yeah, he needs red go-agains and he needs ash generation. So this is just kind of the perfect card in his deck. Um, just a good role player. And it does seem like that's what he has at the front of the pack. And um, just kind of viewing his options, but yeah, locks up that sweeping blows. Next pack here is a sand cover and a blue brother in arms and not much else. Stromai is kind of dried up. There's a searing touch. Not great. There's actually something to notice here that there's a couple of um, five cards in this pack left. So I guess to his on his left side, there's not that many five players. Yeah, but um, unfortunately for Michael, at this point, it's a little bit too late to do much about that. So he looks like he's favoring the Searing Touch here as the block three. I mentioned I do like blue Brother in Arms, but I think that's primarily an Icelander. I think you really want your blues to block three in Dromai, so I don't mind the Searing Touch, but this is definitely not an exciting pick. And um, No, not a good Dromai card. Yeah, like probably not feeling great right now um, seeing this pack. Like maybe maybe the next pack will be better, but yeah, a little bit rough. So going into the next pack, there is no Dromai cards. So it looks like there is indeed two Dromais at this table. Other than Michael. Other than Michael. So three Dromais total. Oh no, sorry. There's okay, so there, there's there's no Dromai commons, but there is a transmogrify. And there's also a Searing Touch. So it's between that blue Transmogrify and the Searing Touch, just opting for the block three. What do you think about blue Transmogrify by comparison, Jay? I would. I don't think I've ever played Transmogrify in any of my Dromai decks. I don't think that card is very good. The It essentially upgrades... The best case scenario for Transmogrify is to make your bad cards a little bit better. But in the best case scenarios, you never want to be playing bad cards in the first place. And when you are Dromai, Dromai is a little bit on the weaker side, I think, in this um, in this format. So if you actually have to be playing like two bad cards to make it good, essentially, that's not a spot where you want to be in in the first place. Um, so I think you want other people to be on Transmog... Trans, Transmog... How do I say this card? Transmogrify. Transmogrify. Okay, Transmogrify. Yeah, I think you want other people to be on Transmogrify, and you don't want to be on that card, if possible. I tend to agree. I think I might actually pick the blue here, just since it is a blue, and I think Searing Touch is just so bad in Dromai, honestly. I, um, I it does block three, but I I like that. I like it with within the context of some of his blues. Like I, I think that like blue dust up is a card and like yellow dust up is a card that makes me kind of want specifically blue transmogrify. I really don't like the red and yellows, but I think the blue, like having one of them is okay. Just because sometimes you get these, like sometimes you have tempo and you just have these really awkward hands, especially when you have a weaker draw my deck. And I don't mind upgrading like a yellow sweeping blows into a six or something. It's okay. But I don't think it's a huge deal here either way. There's an argument both ways. One point I just want to make out with the blue transmogrify is that it blocks for two. And mm -hmm. that makes the furnace a little bit worse when um, a lot of your blues start blocking for two. And we already know that he started the first pack with, I think, four or five blues that he's going to be playing anyways. I don't think he's going to be short on blues in this deck. Um, 
and it blocking for two is probably going to be my biggest factor of not wanting this card just because i want to make my furnace as strong as possible and if my card all my cards are bad i just want all my cards to block for three and i think that's just where i want to be if i'm michael fang's draft right now yeah totally reasonable all right next pack there is a Ooh. red rake the embers that's that's beautiful. a nice pickup still a whole bunch of five cards that he's kind of noticing and i think there's a sand cover in there as well but the red rake is a really nice pickup oh wait wait there's actually another big point about this pack there's no icelander cards in here yeah so it does seem like people have maybe um to his left really correctly identified that icelander is open and moved into it so looking at how these packs are like the how the remaining cards of this pack looks the Icelander players are sitting next to each other is what it looks like. And then there's no Phi to his left. So it's probably something like Icelander... It might be something like Icelander, Dromai, Icelander, Dromai. Or like Icelander, Icelander, Dromai, Dromai. Might be what it... Might be on his left side. And there might be still a Phi player. um, Just because Phi is just so deep. But it's... Yeah. Wow, it's, it looks like a skewed pod. Yeah, it definitely seems a bit messy, and I don't know that the decks are going to be great, but that's a very nice pickup for him. Um, going to the next pack, there's just a blue sand cover, a yellow sigil of protection. It's the only two cards playable in his deck. Yeah, takes the blue sand cover. I guess it's okay against Icelander. Not where you want to be. There's a red sand, co- red sand cover and a blue oasis respite in the next pack. It just takes the red sand cover. Next pack has another red sand cover and a yellow oasis. And we kind of <laughs> knew this was going to happen. We saw a lot of sand covers first time around, and now we're at the wheel. So they're still there. Surprise. Again, another red sand cover. So pretty good <laughs> spot against the Icelanders, but not where you want to be. He sees a blue critical strike, which he's pretty happy to pick up. Yep, block for three, as I said. And a red flameborn retribution, which is honestly... With three cards left in the pack and the way this has been going, pretty good. It's a red yeah. starter. It blocks two, which is not great, but I mean, it's better than another sand cover. So Yeah, it's better than Phoenix Flame. <laughs> yeah, uh, a, a sand blue cover. sand cover. So it's kind of sand cover tribal right now. And then finally, the, some Icelander card. It might have been a weather vane. Doesn't look thrilled, kind of rubbing his hands together. I think that he's hoping to uh, get lucky in this third pack, but it's definitely been a bit rough. Um, all right, so pack review. So he did pick up that dragon. The start of the pack was pretty good to him. He got the flex. He got a red sweeping blows. He has tons of blues at this point, tons of sand covers. His Icelander matchup should be great, especially with the stilettos. Hmm. I think one thing I just want to note here is that because he hasn't actually picked up that many like dead cards, essentially, where like cards that are literally unplayable in his deck, like non-class cards... He does have a lot of option to switch around cards uh, in between matchups, and that might serve him well in his... Um, just like, he can put in sand covers against Icelander, he can take out sand covers against Fi and Dromai, and he gets to do... Because he gets to do this, um, I think he's going to be like not in an awful spot where he's not going to have dead cards in his deck. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, because there's like maybe two unplayable, like completely unplayable cards for him, he's going to have pretty good sideboard options. And if he can have a good pack three, all these sand covers that he picked up that you're maybe groaning about um, could just be really good sideboard cards. So he's in an okay spot. 
but definitely kind of like we said in pack one, still really wanting to get a little bit of power. The red rake, the dragon was nice. Um, if you could get like a few more pieces kind of like that, maybe a couple of centipies or a couple more like dragons, um, it could really help out his deck, but you have to see what he gets. Um, but yeah, notably he's like really good on blues and just kind of looking for upgrades to his deck and power level. So hopefully he'll get something good. Okay, so we're going to go with the first pack. Uh, pack three, pick one now. Uh, so there's a silken form here. But he already has one, so he doesn't need to pick that up anymore. And he's looking at... Is that red dust-up? Yeah, it looks like red dust-up, red scar, red breaking point. I think because he has the searing touches and a critical strike already, the breaking point's not great. Um, so really between these four for zeros, not much else in the pack. What, what would you lean towards here, Jay? I'm going to lean towards the scar for scar. Uh, Michael is a little bit low on the red go against right now, and uh, dust up is a very good card. And I think it's like the red dust up is pretty strong. It does force a lot of cards out of your opponent's hand. But if your Ash Wings get stranded too often and you can't turn them on, you're gonna have this problem of like not maximizing your board often enough. And I think just because he doesn't have enough red go again cards, I think Scar for a Scar is like a must pick up here. And he needs to make sure that he has enough red go against to make sure his Ash Wings, whenever he makes them, are good enough. Yeah, I think I tend to agree with that. Just really, he is at a deficit here for red go agains, and that is the card that he picks up. Um, so going into pack two here, there's a Transmogrify, a Critical Strike. A lava burst or an oasis. Oh, what sweeping blow? Yellow. Yeah, yellow sweeping blow. Blue skittering sands. Not fantastic, honestly. What would you pick from this pack here? I actually don't know what I would pick here. Actually, is that a is it a red or is it a blue skittering sands? I'm trying to. Actually, I think it's a red skittering sands. If it's a red skittering sands, I would definitely take that. Otherwise, I would take the yellow sweeping blows. But I'm not excited about it. Oh, interesting. Ooh. So he's taking the lava burst here. That I huh. I don't like this pick. Um, from what we've seen so far, he doesn't have like a very high density of ash generation into ashwing generation. So he's gonna have a hard time making up the chain link four. So this lava burst is just a red, red two attack with three block. So unless he's like really looking for that red pitch, I don't know why he's picking this card. Even though this card does block for three, it's still going to be a little bit too weak for a zero for two no ability, essentially. Yeah, it does seem like a bit of a funny pick. Um, I wonder, yeah, I wonder if he's thinking about like being low on win conditions and maybe trying to set up an endgame with this and a red rake to go like rake the embers, ashwing, 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 lava burst. But like he does have the critical strikes. He does have the searing touches, which aren't as good, but they cost one. Um, so I don't know. This seems like a little bit strange, but the other cards in the pack also were not great. So, But lava burst doesn't go well with Dromai's strategy, just because like a lot of the mm -hmm. red go agains, he needs to start with a red go again to attack with the Ash Wings. Uh, yeah. in, in your case, so you have to play, 
So he needs to play a red go again first, which typically costs one in Dromai. So Lava Burst costing zero actually doesn't really matter because most of the cards he's going to be pitching is going to be a blue or yellow on that yeah. turn. So you pitch a blue, play a rake, then you can play a searing touch or breaking point, critical strike, yeah, exactly. any of those finisher cards anyways. So maybe this is yeah. just... Uh, Maybe he just overvalues Lava Burst, um, but or maybe he knows something that we don't. That, that's also something that you know. Maybe he's just a higher level player than than I am, at least. <laughs> yeah, very interesting. I'd be curious to hear his thoughts on that one. I'm sure he has a good reason, but um, anyways, not not like the other cards were fantastic either. Um, going into the next pack here, there's a red critical strike, another Ooh, dragon. Skittering Sands, another Sweeping Blows. I think they're like they're blues, so not exciting. It's just got to be the Dragon here as the go again. Looks like there's a Sift as well. Yeah, I think it's a Dragon. As we said, he doesn't have enough Red Go Again cards, anyways. Dragons are exactly that Red Go Again cards. So I'll be pretty happy to pick up a Dragon here. Yeah, and he kind of picks it back up. I think he's quite pleased to have gotten the Dragon here. Next pack, there's a Blue Sweeping Blows. It looks like. And a trade in and another blue sand cover, which he's definitely not taking. <laughs> <laughs> so looks like us, it's pretty easy blue sweeping blows. Um, probably not what he's hoping for, but I mean, the blue, it, I think it is an upgrade to some of his blues, so it's not terrible. It's better than the sand covers in the Dromai or Fly matchups. So wow, another silken form and a heat wave. Wow, that's late. Another red strategic planning, which he already has one of. There's another yellow rake. Is that a yellow rake? Yeah, that's a yellow rake. Yeah, it's a yellow rake. And another sand cover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the pick here has to be rake the embers. Not, I don't think it's... Uh, there's nothing really close to it. Yeah. Oh. Interesting. He picks up the strategic planning. I wonder if that really is just he might have a better count on his red go agains. Maybe he's just really worried about it. And I guess strategic planning does turn into like you could potentially maybe he's hoping to strategic planning back his red rake and then play red rake again or something like that and just mm. leverage his block and um and uh flame scale. So I guess he's going to play the long game. Oh, he he. Either way, with his how his deck is looking right now, he will have to play the long game anyways. Um, and I guess he's trying to maximize his late game potential than uh, picking up like mediocre cards like Yellow Rake the Embers. Yeah. Also, the more I think about it, he does have the Red Rake and the Yellow Rake already, and those like you can only play so many rakes because you only have so much Ash. So yeah, I actually kind of like this pick. I don't know if it's what I would have picked, but um. I think it makes a lot of sense. Fair enough. Next pack. There's some goodies in here. It looks like a burn them all and a, is it a blue Ember Moss Senpai? Yeah, I think both cards are pretty strong. I tend to like the blue Senpai a little bit better than burn them all here. It's interesting. I, I think I like the burn them all. I think in a vacuum, I definitely like the blue Senpai more, but I think because we're so late and he is so low on the go agains and it feels like, it feels like Ash Wings are his way to win this game that I kind of like the burn them all just like as a way to close out the game. But I agree with you, like in a vacuum, if this was like pack one, I would take the Ember Maw over the burn them all for sure. Okay. And it looks like he is picking up the burn them all here. So yeah, so far this pack has been going pretty good for Michael. Um, let's go into the next pack and see what he gets. Looks like there's 
a yellow dust up. Wow, he's noting a, a red leg tap, um, dust runner outlaw. So, Phi like weirdly cut, but kind of still open, I guess, because Phi's just deep. But there's really not much else in the pack for him. There's a blue healing bomb or the or the dust up. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think from what we can see here, there's definitely three Dromai players, including Michael here. A little bit tough and probably not going to get a whole lot else throughout the rest of this draft. Uh, I say that and then there's a yellow Dunebreaker Senefi and a yellow Billowing Mirage, which is interesting. Um, maybe there were some strong generic or draconic cards or maybe equipment for one of the Dromais. He picks up the Senpai. Makes sense. Next pack, there's a yellow Billowing Mirage. It's the only card that he can play. Yeah. So. Do you want to just wrap it up here? I think he's just going to be picking up some some filler for his decks. Nothing. There's not going to be that many more interesting cards. He's going to wheel some sand cover or something, right? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. We are kind of at the end here. So, yeah, overall, um, bit of a strange draft here. Um, the the three dromais, the dromai appearing open, and then there being three dromais at the table. I think made all of them kind of suffer a little bit. So. Maybe it's just like the way the packs were collated, but or like the the way the packs ended up like getting opened at the table. But I feel like nobody really like cut Dromai and sent a clear Dromai signal. Then a bunch of people just kind of wound up in it. This draft was actually a little bit more interesting than you know, the other ones. Uh, at the Pro Tour, I think the first draft we watched Matt Rogers, uh, it was quite clear that he was the only Dromai player after the first wheel, essentially. There wasn't really much of a point to watching the rest of his draft because he just got to pick up all of the best Dromai cards every, every pack. But in this case... It looked like the best route to go for Michael was Dromai. And then by the time he realized that there were too many Dromai players, he was already stuck there and he couldn't really move out. And from what I saw, I don't think there was a way for Michael to move out of this Dromai seat because of the uh, flamescale furnace. And I think from what we know from after um on the coverage the person to his direct right was on phi and the person to his direct left was also on phi yeah which is maybe a little bit surprising watching the the draft considering the density of phi cards but i think also upon further inspection maybe makes a bit of sense because even though he was seeing phi cards they were all blues he saw very very few red starters and i think that even if he tried to draft phi he wasn't going to have a very good time this draft. So I think he kind of wound up in the best seat he could have, even though it still wasn't ideal. And some of it was just the way the packs broke as well. Like there was really a lot of sand covers in this draft. And I think that if a few of those sand covers were other cards, yeah, the, the Dromais might have been a little bit better supported. Uh, so just um, rounding out the information that we have on this draft so the draft breakdown for this table was two five three dromai three icelander um as we said we were pretty sure there were three dromai on the table but the only two fives on this table and it was uh both of them was on his direct right and direct left so there's just no way for him to move into five um and so his only other option would have been icelander but i think flame scale furnace is too big of a card to throw away essentially to put in a cyborg that he can't use even though there was some good icelander cards it wasn't 
it wasn't so open. Like there's still three Icelanders at this table. So I, I think that Michael, as much as this is like just kind of a tough seat, I think he does a pretty good job of navigating it. I like some of the pickups. Like I, I, the more I think about that red strategic planning, the more I like it. I feel like he was really trying to think about how am I going to win games with this draw my deck given the cards that I have right now. Also, because the strategic planning is really good in the mirror, and we already know there's going to be three Dromai players on this table. It's going to be a really good card in that in the in the mirror because it's probably going to happen one at one point or another. Yeah. So, anything else about the um, about Michael's deck before we kind of talk about how he did? Um, I'm actually would be pretty happy where Michael ended up. Um, if I was on his seat, I'm not like you know, just screaming out of the top of my lungs, being like, oh, I have the best deck in the world. But looking at how the draft broke out, I'm actually pretty happy. I have a good game plan and a really good density of uh, blues against Icelander and the AB. I have Flame Skills Furnace against the Phi matchup. And in the Dromai Mirror, he has strategic plannings. He has ways to clear dragons. Um, he just has a lot of the tools to be able to beat each of his matchup, and it's not none of them is gonna be free, but he's gonna be able to outplay any of his opponent that's gonna come at him. So I actually really like the way uh, Michael's deck ended up here. Yeah, I think I agree. It's um, it's solid, although not the most exciting. Um, I, I think he's actually ended up with a pretty okay deck for a three draw my pod, and. Um... Yeah, I think he navigated this draft. He really kind of showed why. Like, he's very high on the limited ELO. He has a limited podcast, and he really kind of... I To me, this was quite an impressive draft on his part. I like I liked how he navigated it. Oh, he's the... Oh, I forgot. He has the... He does Attack for 20 podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. So he does Attack for 20. Um, if you haven't listened to them, you should check them out. His, um, his pod's great. He has lots of good content on there. Talking about Michael's uh, final record... He did go two wins, zero losses, and one draw. Uh, the one camera match that, that I've seen, he had his first draw in his first round in the Dromai. Just one note, or not one note, but just one thing I wanted to say about that game was I think both players just played a little bit too slowly and too, um, didn't make their decisions fast enough. And by about turn four, turn five, I was... When I was watching it, I thought they're going to go into a draw with like 20 minutes left. And that's just not something that you can afford to do in the Dromai matchup. Like the Oldham Mirror in Constructed, both players, or just talking about yourself, um, like if I was the Dromai player in either seat, I'm looking to finish the game. If it's a loss or a win, I want to finish the game. So even if there's a small mistake, I want to play faster. So then I have a chance to win the game. And the way that they played, they're both losing the game. Um, essentially, like no matter what. Yeah, and it's a little bit unfortunate. I think that um, the other Dromai's deck actually looks quite good. Like he has some really solid threats, some good dragons. I think he has some centipies in there as well. And Michael just kind of outmaneuvers him a little bit. Um, just really understanding that the Dromai mirror is about cards in deck and about your board state and just really kind of maximizing his Ash Wings and maximizing like when he chooses to play his Rake the Umbers. So he kind of navigates himself into this, what I think is a winning position because he has a little bit of board. He has some reds left in deck. 
Um, he's pitched quite nicely and his opponent is on all blues and yellows. So just kind of like playing turn cycles. Um, but we don't get to see the end of the game, unfortunately. So very well navigated, just, yeah, unfortunate that they couldn't quite. Uh... Yeah, I think in the first couple of turns, it is very important for Michael to play it like essentially perfectly so he has a good chance to win the game because his opponent's deck is better. But because he played too carefully and he maybe overthought or he planned out his turns too a little bit too well, um, it probably costed him the match of um, to just finish the game in general. Okay, this is we're about at an hour already. Do you want to just yeah. finish up the pod for today? All right, so that's going to wrap us up for this week's episode of On the Bobble. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you have any questions that you want answered on the show, please comment on our most recent YouTube videos, or you can tweet at me uh, at Yukili Bender on Twitter. Uh, we actually are a little bit thin on questions right now, so if you do have a question that you would like to get answered, could be limited related or could just be flesh and blood related then um please reach out and get in touch with us you can also email your questions to on the bubble at gmail.com um, any of your questions feedback comments would be greatly appreciated and we'd love to hear from you um, thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week Are you most likely going to play Nia's list for Icelander for Blitz? He just sent me like a list recently or this morning. Uh, I have no idea. I'll probably try it. Um, I need to. I'm probably going to test quite a bit for Worlds. So, yeah, I have a feeling that for this uh, Worlds, the most important format is going to be Blitz. I think this is where you're getting at the most edge. What do you think? Yeah. Maybe. Because, like, if you can imagine, find a way to beat Icelander, then. Or, like, or just even, like the not better even Icelander just, deck in the mirror. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you can, like, if we can figure that out, like, that's going to be a big game. Um, It's still worth the same amount as your CC games. And all these, all the players that are qualified right now have CC experience, but, you know, not all of them have good Blitz experience, right? Like, not yeah. everyone's, like, played infinite blitz because all the qualifiers were with cc and you know draft preparation at the pro tours everyone's drafted and like but i think that just means people are gonna put effort into blitz now yeah but i think that might be a spot where you can actually like get an edge right where typically it's potentially the draft portion like typically in other games it's like the draft portion where is where you can get the most edge I might have a feeling that in this, uh, at the Worlds, like, whoever, the team that gets the best Blitz deck might have the best results this year uh, at the Worlds. So, like, even if it's, like, not Icelander, if it's, like, something even more, like, off the wall, like, Benji or, like, you know, someone like that. Prism. <laughs> yeah, Prism. Oh, yeah, Prism's still legal in, in Blitz. Yeah, or I even, hear the matchup is not nearly as bad as CC, but yeah. So know. yeah, like I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. I wanna, I want you to test a lot, Yuki, so then you can tell me some information. <laughs> I don't know how much I'll be testing in the. <laughs> uh, Jay, you should test splits. I don't. I don't even know how I can test though. What do you mean? 
just I just I'm so bad at testing, you know, like why are you bad just, at testing? Just play games. That's true. I can I can just play games. But all try try different decks. All I can say though is uh when Nia sent me the list and I asked him questions and he had answers for everything, I was just like, wow, Nia's like big brain, big brain energy. <laughs> yeah, he's been thinking about the deck a lot. I know that. Mm-hmm. I do wonder if like something like what Michael Hamilton did, if that's just viable in Blitz, like if you can just play like the Wounded Bulls. <laughs> I think that's a bad idea just because... um the the biggest upside of playing Icelander is whenever people have D reacts that those become dead. Um, but uh, maybe like it's interesting, right? Because Icelander is the best Blitz deck by far right now, and I think everybody knows it. So do people start playing less D reacts because there's more Icelander? Like there's like an interesting like wrinkle there, and I don't know. Mm-hmm, yeah, but I don't know. people are still playing Oasis Respite and stuff like that, right? Either way, I think... Sure, um, but against Oasis, Wounded Bull is better. <laughs> that is true. That is true. What is... um? Well, does that mean that the other decks that have more attacks get better? So, like, Red Deck, Windbriar, and stuff like that. Oh, maybe not Red Deck, Windbriar. Chain's still legal in no Blitz? Chain's still legal in Blitz. Yeah, I, I have no idea. It just need to, um, it need to, it needs to get tested, but it's... It's interesting to think about. I think it's worth at least like looking at, but hmm. can't say. Haven't tried Michael's list in CC, let alone Blitz. So fair enough. I'm just like worried about. I think the problem about playtesting Blitz is like it's not. It's like the quality of player and the quality of deck that you're playtesting against is gonna be a big factor, right? And like just mm-hmm. because you can win games doesn't mean it's gonna be good at Worlds. And I don't know if I want to, like... I think that's the fear that I have is I'm going to do some wrong... Like, not a wrong playtesting, but some mediocre playtesting. And that's going to skew my view on the format. And then I'm going to be like, oh, wow, I should just, like, play Nia's list or something like that. <laughs> right. I don't know. I'll try to playtest and see what happens. Okay. I'm just going to use this as a sign-off. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I've been tricked. Yeah, you you talked you talked about worlds. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> okay, and I will. Oh, okay, yeah, and I will see you next week. No, next Saturday week? weekend. Saturday weekend. Saturday draft. More draft. Yay! Let's go. <laughs> All right. Good night, everyone.